Well, for the first time in a couple of years, the Cincinnati Reds actually had a pretty decent season against the San Diego Padres. Both teams end up splitting the season series as the Reds take two out of three at Great American Ballpark. Kind of in a tough stretch. I mean, the Padres were able to end a losing streak, but there is so much to get to, whether you're talking about the performances of this this series, what it means for both teams moving forward, and... Just while they were finishing up the series, they announced the final all-star rosters, and there are a couple of key players from both teams that aren't going to Seattle, and we're going to get into why that sucks. But before we do all that, I want to introduce ourselves. I am Jeff Carr, one half of Locked On Reds, and he is Javi Reyes, Locked On Padres host. Hello. Um, for those who listen to my show, don't worry. Still sad. Um, nothing so has changed. <laughs> yes, but we are. I am oh, we are very excited fans. to be doing a crossover while sad, which should elate me at least a little bit. I'm very amped, very excited about that. Uh, but if, man, if you would have told me, Javi, that we would do a crossover at any point during the season where I would be happier than you, mm-hmm. if you told me that in spring training, I'd been like, well, we must have had a really good game against you or something. Mm-hmm. I didn't think this would be the way that the season has gone for both these teams. But as you and I are lifelong fans of our favorite franchises, we uh, (laughs) we're long suffering. We've done a daily podcast for multiple years about our favorite team. And we're here bringing you this lockdown reds, lockdown Padres crossover that is brought to you by Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation, no matter what your purchasing right now ibotta is offering our listeners five dollars just for trying ibotta by downloading the free ibotta app that's i-b-o-t-t-a and using code locked on mlb all right javi where we want to start with this so the the the, (laughs) the reds and the padres split a season series i told you coming into uh uh, as we were preparing for today's podcast Mm -hmm. coming into the season the padres have owned the Reds over the last two years. And is this series just another indication of how things are going for the Friars right now? Oh, absolutely. Um, They've been terrible for a while now. Um, They've been really bad, very underperforming. The story, uh, everyone feel free to do whatever you want for whenever I say this on my show. Uh, But yes, runners in scoring positions, still a problem for the Padres. They're still worse in the league, worse than the worst teams in the league in that regard. And it's remarkable considering that while there were some questions about the depth of the lineup, certainly, um, even still, you would expect a guy like Jay Cronenworth, you'd expect the guys like Trent Grisham to at least maybe, you know, be a little bit average. And then if that's what they did, then that would be great because you have four allegedly MVP quality players at the top of the lineup. Two of the four have been good. One of those two was bad for the first month. The other one was on suspension. So that's worth pointing out. And it's just kind of this series, what I think I noticed, and someone actually DM'd me about this, a good friend of mine who we DM a lot, point out that like one thing about the Padres that if everything else wasn't happening right now, they did show a lot of fight in this series, particularly in Friday's game. Yes. Um, Friday's game was awesome. A uh, lot of fun yeah. in terms of just in a vacuum, like watching a baseball game. Um, they fought. I mean, they had a lot. Of, even Matt Carpenter, who struggled mightily this year, he's been terrible. He even gets a sacrifice fly. And then, you know, uh, Josh Hader comes in. He shuts things down. Three Ks. That was rad. He's 
going to be awesome. We're going to be talking about him later. Um, but then the Padres bullpen comes in and is bad with guys that have been bad for a while. Um, and that's Ray Kerr and Drew Carlton. And some Padres fans will say, well, why, why are these guys up? And it's like, well, they don't have any depth. And that was the problem. And when you're a team that lacks depth and the stars aren't performing, then this is just one area, the bullpen. Uh, you get what happened on Friday. And it stinks because, again, they they really fought. This game ends in, what was it, the bottom of the 11th inning. Like, it was it was back-to-back. Gary Sanchez, <clears throat> St. Gary, gets an RBI <laughs> in this one. Uh, you know what I mean? That Wad Soto, like, in the top of the 10th, he gets a double. Tatis gets a single. Those two have been awesome. Um, Hassan Kim, another one. But for the most part, this team has been very good at finding ways to lose. And lately, while they've shown a little bit of backbone, especially on Friday's game, um, their bullpen ERA on the season – was very good uh, once upon a time. Uh, it was it, overall their eighth in, in pitching ERA this season, and their bullpen was top three basically not so mm-hmm. long ago. But ever since they played the Giants, and Jeff, you might have seen my DMs in the uh, group chat. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot what I said. I said something like, I said something like, I just want to like find a way to quit i forgot what i said i'm gonna pull it up when you you start talking next but i said something like i just want to forget like baseball exists and ever since that series the padres bullpen again ever since the san francisco Giants series the padres bullpen they have the 27th they're 27th in era um ever since then that was from june 18th so that's been the latest thing from it it stinks because their bullpen had been good and while i'm tempted to blame them it's like well it was gonna happen at some point and they've got some injuries, you should have scored before when they were great, and maybe you wouldn't be that mad that they're going through a rough stretch. So every single time, man, every single time, uh, you think that they might be turning around. Could you imagine before, because I think that there's an interesting thing that the Padres exposed regarding the Reds bullpen this weekend as well, but could you imagine of taking the under on Friday? You felt really good in the ninth Mm -hmm. inning. Whenever it was two to one and you're just like, all right, we got this because the over under was 11 and a half and it was two to one. And then the final score was seven to five because both teams bullpens just went nuts and extra innings. That was something for me too, mm-hmm. that I feel like the Padres have exposed because the Reds bullpen so far this season, according to fan graphs, wins above replacement metric have been a top five bullpen in major league baseball. Not according to their ERA, not according to their walks per nine, not even according to their homers allowed per nine. Like they're actually not that good in those categories. But one of the things they do a lot is strike guys out and they do get a lot of ground balls. It's just they have a homer to fly ball ratio that's a little bit rough. Mm-hmm. And their ex FIP, because of that, their ex- expected field independent pitching, the thing that really does well at predicting how ERA is going to end up has been rough. And I feel like the Padres kind of exposed that a little bit. I mean, Buck Farmer obviously just got blown up in the big win on Saturday for the Padres. But also, I mean, you saw Alexis Diaz really labor through. I mean, he got his first blown save of the season on Friday, and then he really labored through a save that he still ended up giving up a run for Sunday. So I, I feel like whatever chinks in the armor, whatever dents there were in the shielding for this Reds bullpen have started to become a little bit more exposed where there were some awesome positives, but kind of piggybacking off of the bullpen talk with this. Mm -hmm. Like that's really where I was with this series when, when it comes to what the Padres were able to do to the Reds. 
Yeah. I mean, that that's a great point. And I think that the Padres bullpen is very similar where there's maybe there was some regression coming to a degree. And that might sound weird to people for a bullpen that has Josh Hader, but it's it's true. And Steven Wilson, who's been one of our money guys, he got hurt recently. Drew Pomerantz has been hurt all season. Robert Suarez, who they had just inked to like a big three, four year extension. He and he was electric last year. He was great. Um, he's been hurt since the start of the season. So like the some guys, yeah, maybe some guys overperform, but then you have other guys who really regressed this year. Nabil Krismat, who barely pitches for the team. Actually, he's off the team now. Um, he was terrible. And Luis Garcia, who, while it didn't end up mattering this series, gives up a grand slam. And last year, he had like one of the most devastating sliders in baseball among relievers. This is a three, like low threes ERA guy. And this year, he just can't pitch. So that's been a, a brutal blow. So don't get me wrong. I still like the Padres bullpen, but it's like you said, starting, starting to show the holes. And I think part of that is because of how much they've been used. You know what I mean? Yes. Like they've been, they've had to use them so much to try and keep the Padres in the game and be like, hey, you there, guy that we signed for 11 years and 400 bajillion dollars. <laughs> I am begging you not to hit into a double play for once in your life, please. <laughs> oh, oh um, my goodness. But they refuse. And the funny part is, you don't even know which one I'm talking about when I say that. That's that. There's that. been a few of them. Yeah. yeah, there's been a few of them. I believe there was a stat from. Um, I believe the San Diego Union, no, no, the the Athletic from Dennis Lynn that put out that Xander Bogarts and Manny Machado have grounded into more double plays. Like a comp, the, the, no two teammates have grounded into more double plays this year than those two. So, um, feels bad, man. Feels bad. <laughs> well, I tell you, I I, I have loved some of the uh, some of the things that I saw. I didn't love that they were doing them to the Reds, but I I love watching Fernando T- Tatis play some ball. Oh yeah, and I love seeing some of the stuff he was able to do in this series. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about him coming up here in a minute. But there was also a huge huge development for this Reds team that happened on Friday night, not necessarily during the extra innings portion of the game, but earlier on in that game that is also going to be a focus of where we go coming up here in just a moment before we talk about that though i want to tell you about today's sponsor and that is ibotta because if you're finally taking that summer vacation that you've been planning but dreading buying all the necessities before you take off it's time to stop spending your hard-earned money without getting anything in return enter ibotta Abata gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop to get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Abata customer earns up to $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could use your cash back to buy that flight that you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. I mean, hey, that game you've been dying to go to, check out the Game Time app as well. Add within an app. Uh, other apps give you the points and don't amount to much, but with Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out on your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands as well and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying out Ibotta by using the code MLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. 
That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play Store or App Store and use code M-L-B. You can catch every pitch of the uh, hometown broadcast for the Cincinnati Reds or the San Diego Padres on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Reds or Padres. And thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Padres your first listen of the day. Lots coming up this week. We got we got some uh, Independence Day baseball for your mm. Cincinnati Reds in our nation's capital. Where's the pods going on the July 4th? Oh, man, they're facing, honestly, genuinely, like the best team that you could possibly face. And I don't mean that in terms of like what will be good for them, but they are mm. facing the Angels, and I can't wait. It's going to be interesting. You got oh, yeah. uh, Shohei Otani. Yeah, you know what? Right? Look, when the other team lights us up, I'll actually be thrilled about it. You know what I mean? I'll actually be like, oh, wow. Like I'm, I can say years from now when I have kids bouncing on my lap or whatever, like I got to see the team that I covered get lit up by Shohei Otani once, and it was great on July 4th. It was great. I'm looking forward to that. And if you're listening and you're not catching us on YouTube, uh, Javi has on the clown hat, which is something that he carries <laughs> with him whenever the Padres just kind of, well, yeah. they clown around a little bit. But hey, <laughs> we saw some impressive performances nonetheless in this series. And you had mentioned Josh Hader. That was something that I, I looked at. And I know that he started off this season a little bit rough. He started off his tenure with San Diego last yeah, season a little bit particularly rough. Particularly last year, yeah. But he really, he's really started to write the ship and look like the Josh Hader that they were probably trading for back mm -hmm. in last year's deadline. Yeah, absolutely. And he, last year, I, I remember, right, like just raving and like for a bunch of different reasons, I thought, look, I don't like the Brewers. I don't like how they never spend and are content with being 87 wins every year in a yeah. terrible division. But I was like, ah, you know, they do make good trades. So I was a little bit worried, couple that with the Padres. Um, penchant for just trading for guys only when they're at the top of their game and never buying low, like always going top price with stuff with, with JJ Preller at the helm that I was wondering like, Oh, maybe they saw something. And for the first like two weeks, he had like a, um, I remember with the Yankees or all this Chapman with the, in his Yankees tenure forgot how to pitch for two weeks. Yeah. It was blow. It was, he was trending on Twitter every night, had like a 12 ERA. That's basically what happened with Hader. And then somewhat inexplicably it was just fine. And he's basically been fine for a while. He's had a couple blown saves. He had one that really stunk this year when he gave up a home run to a a, a little lesser-known player um, from the Dodgers named Mookie Betts. But other than mm -hmm. that, he's been pretty lights out. And the only thing that I notice when he pitches is sometimes he, he, he he's the type of guy that he can only beat himself. Um, he does end up giving up one walk. And usually that's the thing with him is when guys aren't chasing his fastball, especially the elevated one, don't get me wrong, it's still one of the best pitches in the league. He's still incredible. He's great. He's fantastic. But you can sometimes see it like, uh-oh, he's not trusting himself. Like, just throw it right in there. People aren't going to hit. You don't have to get uh, crazy. But, again, I'm just, you know, being a critic. Uh, he was good in this series, and I, I appreciate that yes. uh, very much. And I also appreciate uh, Mr. Nando um, for being very good in this series. He throws out a, a yeah. foolish runner on, of the Reds <laughs> who apparently hasn't looked up. Look, I don't know what's going on. People keep running on this guy. He's going to win the gold glove, and people keep running on this guy. It's it's pretty astounding, and he gets an RBI in each game. He hits the home run in, uh, hold on, yesterday's game. Uh, that ends up tying it. They end up losing anyway because they are only here to make me sad. But it was still really cool, and I really appreciate it. Um, Tatis, while he's been awesome, um, 133 WRC plus on the season, that's not his MVP 
cell perfect form type of thing like yet right um the big thing has been though slugging a whole lot he's got a bunch of home runs for sure he's gonna finish with around like 35 or so stealing a lot of bases and the defense is what's helping him but he does swing at literally every pitch so that's why his on base percentage is only at 333 right now right well historically he's like a 353 60 on base guy he strikes out but maybe he's just pressing um maybe because mm-hmm. and by the way i don't mind i understand uh with trying to with catch the, up uh, right. He's trying to catch up. I mean, especially with this team and not just himself, but also the team too. So that's his only thing is he swings at every pitch, but he's so talented that it almost doesn't matter. I mean, to, to the crazy. cell, to the cell, perfect point, uh, perfect uh, uh, form uh, mm-hmm. comment, you know, still his baseline power level is very impressive. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to, exactly. you're not going to get a whole lot by him. And no. Red's relief pitchers found that out in the hardest of ways. I, I really think that moving forward, I, I the the Gold Glove is interesting because you think about him at shortstop and he was far from that. Yeah. But now that he's there in right field, it looks like his natural fit. This season has been a nightmare, but there has been individually some really cool developments. Um, mm-hmm. Hassan Kim getting better. He also in Sunday's game has the home run. Didn't tie the game, but right before Tatis, he's just showing like he's been getting better and better. And one of the premier defenders in the sport right now. Um, I know some Padres fans are wondering about his All Star um, promises and prospects, but you know he's just as a defender alone, he's incredible. And the fact that he's gotten better to being a slightly above average bat is huge for this team and Tatis's defense. Those have been like kind of the nice welcome surprises and Michael yeah. Waka. But other than that, and that's why I have Pac-Man of course. Um, but other than that, it, it has been bad, but it, it was still cool. I have to admit seeing Tatis like just drop the bat so dramatically, like no one seizes a moment better than him. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how you can be so cool without looking that arrogant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also not being yeah. lame. You know what I mean? You don't want to just be that guy who like I've made fun of Aaron judge before on my podcast, incredible player. I love him, but it can be a little boring. Sometimes it's like, Oh, of course he had the like normal jog around the bases when he broke the Roger Maris records. Like I'd be losing my mind. I'd be throwing the base. You know what I mean? Right. I'd pick it up and be like, screw all of you. I just beat a record. Um, but he's somehow he balances it. Uh, the point of arrogance and humility and just seizing it. And that home run in Sunday's game was a nice reminder of like, at least we have this guy, you know, at least we have this dude. He's been incredible. Kind of speaking to the uh, seizing the moment thing. Like I was a little bit bummed. We didn't see a lot from Ellie De La Cruz in the series. We didn't see a lot yeah. from Will Benson. Mm-hmm. Those are the two guys mm-hmm. that really are like the Reds showman whenever stuff like that happens. I know Spencer Steer, he had a great reaction with his home run and just the way that the team is able to play, mm-hmm. you know, on Sunday and the way that that kind of went down. But I'm with you. I mean, Fernando Tatis is one of those guys that just the way that he presents himself lends him to being like a love him or hate him type guy, but that's not who he is as a person or as a player. It's just his mm-hmm. presentation to everybody. And I don't hate him. I love him. I love watching him play. I just hate it whenever he's doing that to the Reds. I'll say this though, because from the Reds perspective, the biggest development for me in this series was the starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, Graham Ashcraft looked awesome. He looked like the guy that we expected. The guy facing the Padres showed... usually helps, but yeah, <laughs> yes, it does. And uh, but he he looked like the guy that we saw in the first six starts of the season, and then he went mm-hmm. on this just awful stretch of a twelve and a half ERA, looking really bad. And then Friday night happens, and he looked fantastic. Andrew Abbott continued to look fantastic on Sunday. I I wonder 
I think if, if Kim got on base in any regard, he probably chases him anyway, but that Homer definitely chased him there. Um, I was, I was really hoping to see, you know, him finish out the eighth. We haven't had anybody throw eight innings in a, I'd have to look it up. I, I should probably do that before we record another podcast, but, uh, I, I can bet it's been at least probably a year, maybe even two years since that's happened, but it's, it's, it's been a while, but Abbott has looked fantastic. And then we got great news on Lodolo and, and green that they're both starting rehab processes and yeah. should be back around the trade deadline. So the thing that's been the Reds kryptonite so far has been the Reds has been their starting pitching. And it looked a lot better in this series. Luke Weaver, notwithstanding, I'm not, he's not a starting pitcher. I'm dumb, 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 dumb. No, no. I know that was before the series. I still have to say that. Uh, but when it comes to the other guys, even Brandon Williamson, he, he looked good mm-hmm. on Saturday. But I, I, I feel much better today about the Reds starting pitching than I did on Friday. And I'm very happy to say that. Absolutely. And, hey, I mean, your team, unlike mine, is actually like in an interesting race for its division crown. I, I will say your division's hilarious. It's been very funny for a <laughs> yes, while that – the Reds have a minus 21 run differential brewers minus 13 pirates minus 34. And in fourth place, the Cubs have a plus 26, just absolute chaos going on. in in the NL central and not necessarily the fun type of chaos, but just the, does anyone want to win this division? You know what I mean? We'll take it. I guess the Cardinals don't want it for, okay. That they don't want it. The brewers, they're probably going to trade away their best player somehow at the deadline, right? Like they don't want to, I, I, all right, we have Ellie clues. I guess we're going to the playoffs. You know what I mean? So right. I, I'm enjoying it from a chaos, like kind of really dumb perspective. The way I enjoy like the movie Armageddon, you know, I'm like stuff like that. Chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that, and, and I think this goes for both the American League and the National League. It's going to be uh, five teams this is from a combination of the East and the West. And then whoever doesn't lose uh, the Central Division in both leagues will yeah. make the playoffs. Like, but I think that that is the biggest reason why everyone is so bullish on the Reds' chances because they look at the field and they say, are we sure that any one of these teams – because, I mean, the Brewers still have the option of blowing it up. They're talking about Corbin Burns like he's a trade chip. Like, I don't know. It, it could be very interesting to see what they do at the deadline. And I'm talking myself into a whole bunch of scenarios that probably won't happen, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'll tell you this. We know what's not happening. We know – that there's not the specific players we thought from our teams mm. that would be going to Seattle. We're going to talk about who those guys are and what can be done about it mm-hmm. coming up next. Before we talk about that, I want to tell you that you can catch every pitch of the Reds and Padres hometown broadcast on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search Padres or reds plus outside of every episode you can follow us on twitter for as long as twitter allows you to do that uh you can follow javi at javi peño j-a-v-i-i-p-e-n-o spelling's hard for me sometimes so i'm glad that i got that because <laughs> um i'm jeff Carr at jeff Carr with three f's now the third f is my middle name but yeah that's everybody likes to say you, you don't know how to spell jeff uh but you can follow us on twitter for that and you can follow our respective shows as well. All right, Javi, uh, the final rosters, <clears throat> according to, you know, until injuries are had, until people opt out and things like that, have been announced. And the Reds get Alexis Diaz to go. The Padres, we talked about Fernando Tatis. He's not going. 
there's there's a couple of guys from the Reds that I could have made some arguments for, but I think before we really dive into the nitty gritty of who's going and who's not going and why it's dumb that the guys that aren't going aren't going. The whole entire system itself needs some revamping here because mm. it's all based on first halves. I, I don't understand why the second half of the season just com- completely gets ignored in this. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. And I think that, like, that's why you have these weird. It's fun, like, going on baseball reference and seeing these guys who finished with, like, five win seasons or whatever and they had, like, 35 yeah. homers. And it's like, oh, they just weren't as awesome in the first half. And it, it does feel a little bit unfinished sometimes. Where I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I had a moment, like, a few weeks ago. I was like, oh, wow. The, we're voting on All-Stars already? Like, it felt a little bit yeah. weird. And it, it's like it's like a halfway point, I guess. But it's just it's just a little bit odd. So I have wondered myself. I do One thing I do like about the MLB All-Star game is that, unlike, say, the NBA and certainly NFL, is that there's no... This word has been... Okay. I don't mean it in this way, but there isn't as many, like, legacy kind of people who make it. I know that that's been a buzzword lately over the past couple of days, but I think that like automatic. I, yeah. Yeah. Like I, guys. I really like that just because you're Mike Trout, that they're not going to just vote you in every year. Don't get me wrong. He's having yeah. a little tiny bit of a down season by standards, but good enough. And I don't mind that, but it's cool. how like the NBA if Kevin Durant missed like 28 games that he might still be named an all-star starter. Right. And it's kind of like you are the best, but it's also like, well, we're talking about right now. You know what I mean? So I kind right. of, think that that's one cool thing about baseball there's no love lost like they will drop you you know what i mean like oh xander nope manny machado nope you were literally (laughs) second and should have been first in mvp voting last year nope you're not making it in so i do respect that but you know what i don't respect man can can i say it oh don't go go for it can i say it this generation this participation trophy generation (laughs) i have had enough of the, why does every team need to be represented at the All-Star I don't, game? That's, that's definitely sport, part of it that needs fixed. Yes. In a sport that consistently every year we see that a big problem with some of these teams is ownership that refuse to spend to go get talent and all this stuff. We really have to go out here and be like, you know what? Let's bring the catcher from the Rockies in there instead <laughs> of Fernando Tatis Jr., yeah. Like, or Will Smith. I, I forgot if Will Smith made the All-Star game. I don't think he did. Of the Dodgers. I'm just giving, yeah, like, yeah, an yeah. example of a catcher. Yeah. I would prefer St. Gary over Elias Diaz. <laughs> it's just, and that's where my bias stands, but I don't like that. I don't like this idea that you have to have a representative. Get right. better players. Play better. That's what we're supposed to do. You know what yeah. I mean? And while your team, not necessarily, they don't have like a, a big name all-star. I imagine everyone would love to see Ellie DeClaro's, even if it's only been like a week, <laughs> practically, that he's been playing. <laughs> yeah. But that team is a rare, good team that just, their prospects have been called up and this they got hot recently, right? But for the most part, I don't understand why we have to do this. I think it is really right. silly to be taking away spots with, with Josiah Gray. And I don't mean to be mean to these guys. They're trying hard. Congrats. I, I hope they have a great time at the All-Star game, honestly. But I just don't understand why we're rewarding those teams. Why are we rewarding incompetence? Why are we rewarding a team in the Rockies that was like, we don't want to spend, so we are going to literally pay another team to take, oh, Rockies fans, oh, what what am I going to do? We won't have an all-star. You did have an all-star, and then you gave them up for a pack of veggie straws and a side of (laughs) Coca-Cola, and you said we're going to pay for his salary. That's So it's just all of these things. You know what would be sick? Fernando Tatis Jr. in the All-Star game. Blake Snell. Yeah. 
Michael Waka. Uh, and I'm not saying those that Waka is the best or anything, but he's got a cool story. You know what I mean? He does have like a nice first half, too. Yeah, yeah, really nice first half and all these things. You can make the Pac-Man jokes. I just I, I really hate it. I don't think that it's good to be rewarding bad teams. If you want to fix it, fix it. Make a better team. Go and overpay for a star. I don't know. Right. Like it's just very frustrating, particularly in this sport that we see so often. These teams like the Brewers, like the Guardians, like the A's, et cetera, et cetera, that refuse to ever go all the way and spend. So right. why are you just giving them this, like I said earlier, like a legacy pick where it's just like, oh, we have to have someone from the Rockies. No, you don't. Guess what? You don't. It's OK. We'll be all right. That's that's my I take. really don't. And, and and my thought with this, too, is uh, there's a great take by our friend Sully over at Locked On MLB where he mm. thinks that they should change. They should have the All-Star game at the beginning of the season and base it off of last season because there's two reasons for this. Number one, you always get these weird first half guys like I was in a baseball reference, like searching a hole the other day. And for some reason, was looking at Jason Marquis' uh, career. Jason mm. Marquis was an all-star one year. And not to take anything away from a guy that was clearly a professional pitcher, I was not. I'm not saying anything about that. What I'm saying is, if you look at the career, and even I think the year that he made the all-star team, his overall season statistics were horrible. It's just his first half happened to be amazing. If you take the entire body of work over a season, that is where you should come up with your all-stars. I think that that's where the NFL does it the best. Now, the NFL does not lend itself to having an all-star game because of mm. the sport and how you play it. Baseball does, and you yeah. can have a fun game. And, yes, it's an exhibition. Don't give me anything trying to add incentive to it that's, that's pointless. But, like, the couple-of-day break where it's like all the teams are traveling from their spring training facilities to their home ballparks, getting ready for opening day, all this other stuff. Why not put the all-star game in that break? Just say, look, we've got a, we've got three days. We're going to have the all-star game, the home run derby, and then boom, let's have the season because that would be a nice little lead in. And that's something that I'm, I'm sure Sully's going to bring this up, but I, I think that you, you're able to gauge an entire year. You're not going to get these weird, you know, one-off things, or you avoid the idea that one of the most electric guys in the game got called up too late and doesn't get a chance to go to Seattle. Mm -hmm. Elliot Del Cruz deserves every chance. I mean, he's, he's not been here long enough to acquire the kind of statistics that you would mm -hmm. say, yes, that's all-star level, but I think his rate stats show that eventually that's going to be the case. And his stat cast metrics would tell you that this dude needs to be in the home run derby because, oh my gosh, that would be so much fun to just see him wailing on 70 mile an hour fastballs. And I know there's going to be takes out there. People just like, well, you're going to mess up. As I don't care. He'll figure it out. He's a professional. I hate that take. That's yeah, a that's boomer kick. Get, me, get out of here with this home run. Yeah. Well, then why do some players stink in the second half that didn't participate in the derby? Enough. Do research, right. people. I'm so I'm sick of it all. Jeff, I really yeah. am. You know that, and it's and random, random take that doesn't have anything to do with selection, but <laughs> let them wear their own uniforms. I'm tired mm. of these awful, awful looking right all star uniforms. Am I crazy? Yeah, like yeah, I think like back in like the 70s and the 80s and stuff okay, like that. Because yeah, I see yeah. like old pictures whenever the big red machine was going to the all star game, and they were all wearing everybody yeah. wore their uniforms. And it's like they want to have a new all star jersey to sell, but man, you know, it's like I get it. It's merchandise, but 
you're not going to be all like, oh, does he belong in the American League or National? I don't know. He's wearing a Reds uniform. Uh, <laughs> come on. Obviously, it's National League. Just let them wear their own uniform. I don't know. I feel like I the agree, All-Star man. game just needs to lean into the fact that it is entertainment driven and it has not anything to do with like, we're figuring things out about these guys. No, they just make it about the entertainment. Mm -hmm. And like, don't get me wrong. I do get annoyed. Sometimes it's, Oh, who was snubbed from the, Oh, what happened here? I do think for basketball, it's always dumb. Cause I'm like, Hey guys, yeah. guess what? There's like 20 spots. Oh, well right. this guy from <laughs> my favorite team should admit. Okay. Who do you want to take out? Damian Lillard, right. Steph Curry. Okay, like this is dumb, right? Like you can't. Like, there's a limited amount of spots for baseball, though, because of what I was ranting about earlier. It's like, yeah, like why? Come on, like let's let's figure this out. And don't get me wrong, there are some annoying. There's still some annoying versions of that where it's like, how can Tatis not be starting? It's like, well, Corbin Carroll's like the leader in F4. Same thing for Acuna, and yeah, Wikipedia's that's pretty year, good. Yeah. So I don't usually complain about that. It's specifically those we have to have a guy selections. I'm not going to yeah. be out here and say, oh my gosh, why in the world didn't, I'm going to look at the reserves right now. That and that's the whole the reason League. that there are snubs is because you have these de facto exactly. selections. Exactly. These do, like, I'm not going to be upset that Nick Castellanos made it or whatever. And that Loris Gurriel Jr. It's fine. Like they're good players. They're having good, good seasons. Years, yeah. I just really think like we could easily amend this. If we yes. just stopped, stop it major league baseball but we're not going to do it and was tatis a snub i think he was a little bit because of the rule thing yeah. um i don't hate it i do wonder if this is just like a suspension tax that people mm -hmm. are just not going to have him in there because of that to those people i say grow he'll be up back next year though yeah, yeah and he'll be <laughs> back next year i tell those people grow up what's the point of the suspension if you're still going to hate him forever like right. relax <laughs> Yankees fans, you literally have Domingo Herman, you have Josh Donaldson, you had A-Rod, you had all these guys, you know what I mean? And Herman for yeah. multiple reasons, by the way. Like, I'm at a game watching these guys cheer these people out, and I'm like, didn't you say something pretty messed up, go Google, to Teoscar Hernandez a couple years ago? Like, stop, all right? But, I mean, there's some great players. It's just, wouldn't we rather see Tatis, like, running around, doing his thing? Uh, I think yeah. everyone would. But no, we got to have Elias Diaz in there. So I want to see the best catchers in the game, you know, mm -hmm. and, and guys like guys like Tatis and guys like De La Cruz trying to steal bases on them and stuff like that. Like th there's so much about the all-star game that could be fun mm -hmm. if they just kind of tweak it a little bit. And I think that's that that's kind of where we are getting at. And like at least like if it's a reserve, like if one of these reserve players was like a quirky, like fun guy, like I don't know if you yeah. remember the um what was his name? Oakland A's like Eric Sogard uh, back yeah. in the day. Remember that fan vote thing, like MLB's best. And it was like Derek Jeter <laughs> versus Eric Sogard where it's like, guys, this doesn't matter. It's actually pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I didn't mind, right right? Yeah, yeah. The fact that that happened, but that was like a little fun, little dumb fan competition. But for this, it's like, come on guys. Like I, I need a little bit more like the Brett Phillips yeah. of the Rays. I know is like a cult M MLB hipster favorite like that. I'd be like, all right, whatever. And, don't get me wrong, there's been worse moments, like when the entire Royal starting lineup was winning the all-star voting that one year. Like, I get it, <laughs> but it's also a little funny. I yeah. I will take the fans flooding their thing with just being like, our team's great. We're going to get literally everybody in the all-star game. I would prefer that over the, oh, God, we need a Rocky. 
I literally would prefer yeah. that instead because it would be funny and I think it'd be great. If it's like all Royals and Mike Trout. I just think it looks really funny. Uh, he's the only one who survived like the the Order sixty six purge or whatever that <laughs> happened that year in voting. Um, he is that that'd be he's my the take, Kane and yeah. of the MLB All Star game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I love, I love that. Well, I tell you what, that seems like a great spot to end today's crossover. Thank you everybody so much for checking us out. Before we get out of here, make sure that you remember you can catch every pitch of the Reds and Padres hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds and search Padres. But that'll do it for us here for Javi Reyes. I am Jeff Carr. This has been a Lockdown Padres, Lockdown Reds crossover as we break down the series. Moving forward, you can keep up with both teams every single day as both uh, Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Padres. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, and that's all throughout the season and all throughout the offseason as well. So we'll see you tomorrow.